We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bandujo. We are back with our season two Ted Lasso rewatch. Uh, took a break of, of recapping the episodes last week, but fortunately, my co-host is back. I am joined by Alex McDaniel. Alex, how are you feeling tonight? I'm good. I'm much better than I was a week ago. <laughs> so Sorry to leave you high and dry. No, that is that is completely all right. Uh, big thanks to my buddy J.R. Hickey for for filling in, doing a different kind of Ted Lasso episode. But I'm glad to have you back talking these recaps uh, before we get into this week's episode. Tell the folks about what you've been up to at For the Win, including the amazing article that you guys put up, the interview that you put up uh, that relates to this episode of Ted Lasso that we're going to talk about. Yeah, so... Um Brian Kobrowski, he's just an incredible writer. He normally handles our NBA draft stuff um, and also does that for Hoops Hype at USA Today Sports. Wink. Um, he just, he, before the season, he got to do this press junket and he got to do all these really great interviews with different stars of the show. And so he actually has a great interview up right now with, um, I don't want to get the pronunciation wrong. Is it Toheeb Jimmo? Jimmo? That's better than I, I would do. I feel I, really I'm bad. Notoriously bad with names, but he he's he wonderful. Sam. Yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sam Obasanya. He's wonderful. Yeah, but we're having a good time at for the win. We're covering sports too, by the way. We just happen to have some really outstanding lasso content as well. It was it was an excellent excellent uh, piece. Uh, little little uh, housekeeping on my end. You can go to patreon.com slash big screen sports and help support this show. That would be awesome. Shout out to your producer level patrons. That's Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Christine, and Kevin Frost. If you join that Patreon, you can pick movies as podcast covers, pick episode content, uh, participate in some AMAs, maybe a Ted Lasso AMA towards the end of the season. And of course, you get a sticker. That's patreon.com slash big screen sports. That support is always appreciated. Um, before we get into episode three, we obviously we we sat episode two out. Just want to you know, I, I 
I don't want to not get your, you know, your opinions on episode two as well. Uh, what, you know, best moment of episode two, what were your thoughts? A big Roy and Keeley episode. I know. I mean, I don't want to be the person that says Roy going down on Keeley while she's watching him crying on a video is the best moment of the episode. But wasn't it? <laughs> It, wasn't it, it though? <laughs> it really was. If it if it wasn't that, it was the studio gig that happens yes. right before that is absolutely incredible. I also hope at some point we see they had to have filmed more of the retirement conference. Like even some, you know, it's like some B-roll or something like that. That can't be the only clip we see, but it is hysterical. I think it's going to come out in some way this season, even if it's just as like a joking like playing in the background sort of thing. I mean, obviously, since they mentioned it in episode one, it's the whole thing. I'm going to botch this. What's the thing about you don't show the gun in act one of a play if you're not prepared to fire it in act three or something? I messed that, that, that sounds that's right. Not, that sounds that's right close to what I meant to say, but I feel the same way about the press conference. The fact that they mentioned it twice now, we're going to get the whole thing at some point. It's so good. Yeah. Episode two was just a really good Roy and Keeley episode. Um, you know, and I, as I said la on last week's episode of this show, I think Roy coming into this week, I think Roy was is, is the character who's winning this season, um, who's in pole position. Roy takes a little bit of a back seat this week, but it it's still been a wonderful, wonderful Roy season. Uh, maybe we'll you know we'll recap episode two in somewhere or come back give give thoughts later in the season just yeah. in the season as a whole but let's roll into uh this past week's episode ted lasso episode three do the rightest thing rebecca has a special visitor shadow her at work a player's return is not welcomed by the team what an incredible step for this show this episode is because yeah so far, at least for the first 12 episodes of Ted Lasso, it feels like we've taken a very like looks at our cast of characters and internal issues. Everything's really insular. There's not a whole lot about the outside world aside from the relegation plot line. It's more like our characters working through stuff. And there's still a lot of that in this episode. But it's now taken this and, and you got to imagine that after this, it's going to take an even even bigger thing. We're going to learn a little bit more about what the outside world thinks about AFC Richmond with this this protest plot line, which was incredible. Which, by the way, the fact that like you and you always do this, which is great, like you read the, um, you know, the summary of what the episode is supposed to be about. And of course, they don't even mention the biggest thing. Like they're mm -hmm. so good at that. Yeah. Um, did you see and you might have been the one to send it to me, um, Brendan Hunt his tweet about how because last season they released the first three episodes first and then then they went weekly after that that when they were writing the season they wrote it the same way where like it was a three episode arc that was supposed to be like the beginning and even though they didn't release it like that it was fine but it really for me that kind of shifted my perspective a little bit about all it did you see that yeah, yeah, okay. I think I was the one who sent that to you. <laughs> yeah, you usually are. I just didn't want to be like, hey, remember when you did this thing? Anyway, um, yeah, and so I think it's not surprising. And I think I, I hate that I made the whole comment about Roy going down on Keeley as majestic as it was and totally ignored the return of Jamie, which we're really setting up for this show. And we kind of see him, you know, humbled quite a bit when he gets kicked off the reality show and... <laughs> Um, nobody wants him and he has to go back to Richmond. We also see a man who's clearly been changed. Uh, he just really doesn't know how to express that. But you do have a lot coming into it where you think it's just another lasso episode where you just have these like three different storylines going on and they're all kind of competing for each other. 
And this one just wasn't that way at all. And I'm still, I don't know. I'm blown away by it. It's hard to even talk about it because it makes me want to cry. But um, because you do have like, oh, Jamie's back. Here's a fun thing about him wanting to buy their love with PS5s and trying to get the team to like him again. They don't want to like him because he sucks and he was mean to them. And then you have Nora, who's Sassy's daughter. And this great scene that plays out with Ted and Sassy where they're kind of, you know, recalling their night together and of course ted is like <laughs> like we said he's a great one night stand partner but even after the fact it's just completely there's no awkward awkwardness at all they're i know just riffing back and forth on it just so good which can we talk about i love that she mentions nora or someone mentions nora he's like is it mine <laughs> and that like at first on its own i was like well that's kind of a cheesy joke but then when sassy says if memory serves you actually finished on my <laughs> It's like, oh, we don't need to get into the science of it. Well, and remember how Ted was after that, because he was talking about the diamond dogs and he was sure he was he was so unsure about how he felt about the whole thing. So you could have easily thought that if he, you know, next time he saw Sassy, he'd be like kind of, you know, oh, how is this going to go? But that's that's not Ted. I should have known Ted. Ted is going to be personable no matter the situation. Eager to please. Were the words she used, and, I believe. Yes, and, and apparently every facet of no his surprises. Life. It's interesting you, you bring up that that tweet that Brendan Hunt had about it. It was a it the first three they intended to be released all at once. Cause it's kind of like it this is the episode where everything kind of we get moving forward. There's been a lot of resetting catching up with what our characters are doing now, setting in some new plot devices, some new hints of what's going to go on. You bring in the, you bring in Dr. Fieldstone, you, you know, find a way to get Jamie back to Richmond. You know, you had to figure out how you were going to get him back with the cast of characters. You set up Roy and Keeley are going strong. You set up that Rebecca is finally moving forward with her life. And, and now we go. Yeah. So I, I think this, this was a just, it brings in this huge real world issue and it, it addresses it flawlessly. I, I can't believe this show is doing a good job. It's just amazing. I, I, I'm shocked that they finally got their shit together <laughs> in season two. But yeah, so we have Sam. And as we heard in the last episode, you know, with Keely managing all the brand stuff, she says to Rebecca, Dubai Air wants to do a photo shoot with Sam. And it's like, oh, it's about time that young man got some recognition. And I'm still keeping it in the back of my mind that she and Sam are going to, which I have a theory on that, but I'll tell you that later. Oh, I can't so <laughs> something added to the theory. So, you know, we fast forward, he's done the photo shoot. He's obviously really proud. He sends it to his dad while he's working out and says, you know, free tickets for Dubai Air for you and mom. And his dad says they're owned by a terrible company that's actually destroying your home in Nigeria. And, uh, of course, Sam, just good to the core. This can't be like, he's not even trying to reconcile it. He's just like, I've got to do something about it. And it's interesting because you notice like there's no pushback at all when he's like going through Rebecca. She's like, yeah, I'll make a call. I'll call this guy. And even though the guy initially says, like, you know, get rid of him. And Rebecca, you know, has this moment with Nora. We're like, I'm not going to get rid of him. And this is how it's going to be. You notice how nobody thinks that's strange at all. And there's no internal pushback, which is very characteristic of what we would expect. But then, you know, so he, he drops that, but then we get to the end where they're going to go play and he takes the tape and covers it. And like, even when you talk about it, it sounds like one thing, but when you see it, it's so emotional. It makes me, I'm going to cry. I'm telling you. Um, I, and then I'm you here see, for it. 
I know, right? This is going to be the crying episode. And then you have his Nigerian teammates who do the same thing. And they say, we don't expect you all to do this, but we have to because it's our home. And then Jamie fucking Tart. Jamie, I think he texted that, me like in all caps, like something about they made you root for Jamie or something like that. They it's made incredible. him redeemable. And I can't because he didn't. It would be really easy for someone to tell you about this episode and to think like because of what he was doing at the beginning where he was like, I can just buy their love. It would be easy to say, oh, he just did that to get their acceptance. But you can tell like Jamie in his heart. You can see the moment of change where he knows that he's got to stand up for this regardless. And you're like, you got to be kidding me, man. As long as they don't try to make me like Rupert, I'm fine. That's I'm the good one with, like, where Jamie. I don't think they're going to make that move at all. I think yeah. they've set up that Rupert is irredeemable. They kind of gave us that hints, especially in the, the final episode of season one. And that scene that when we had Spencer on that he talked about so eloquently that with the the army man and yeah. that kind of sets up that we're going to get Jamie back. And that that moment in episode two, when Jamie puts the army man down next to Ted and they sit down at that bar scene. I mean, that for me was was the scene of episode two. But at that point, you know that Jamie, we're going to have to get this redemption moment or Jamie's going to have to figure out Jamie has to figure out how to get a lot of people to forgive him. Yeah. And it's we're kind of wondering how that's going to happen. Like you said, Jamie thinks it might be through PS5s or, you know, he makes <laughs> makes that speech in the, in the beginning, which is just it turns into a hysterical, hysterical thing of these guys complaining about Jamie's faults. But the thing that ends up and, and this is so good for Jamie too, the thing that ends up being what finally makes him a good teammate is something that is not about him and Jamie's entire existence in the show and Jamie's entire life has been all about Jamie. He, th- yeah. he really thinks about himself when, you know, Ted, when he, Ted says he's going to be on the reserve squad, he says that thing about, you know, being humble and, you know, trying to grab his spot back and stuff. And like, this was something where it was just about being a good team. It was just about helping someone else. And yeah. that's what finally gets, Jamie over the hump with his teammates and that's what gets us over the hump with Jamie. We're we're in for Jamie now. I can't believe it. Three Same. episodes in. So mad about it. Like it they did it so well though. And it's not like all is forgiven. It's kind of like the thing we talked about last season with Rebecca and Ted when he didn't excuse what she did to him. He didn't say, "Oh, don't worry about it. This didn't hurt me." He said, "I forgive you for hurting me and for deceiving me and da da da." And I think it's similar with Jamie. Like he can turn into an asshole in two seconds and he's still, you can tell he's like a child learning how to not make everything about him. Like he realizes the error of his ways, but he's still his first inclination is to be like, well, the most talented one here, (laughs) you know, and things like that. So it's um, yeah, it's interesting, but I think and not that I don't want to harp too much on Jamie. Like that was the whole point of the storyline, obviously, this is a much bigger thing and a bigger statement that the show is making that is completely relevant per usual. Um, and it was just such a powerful moment and really great to see Sam's character um, emerge that way. But yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of emotions. And you have Nora, a lot of a good stuff. girl. Yeah. A lot of good stuff in this episode. Is there any scene that can compete with that duct tape scene? That duct tape scene is almost on a different level of most Ted Lasso scenes. Cause it's, it pulls into the sports movie trope of a big chill moment that it yeah. gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Is there any, is there anything else in this episode that can compete with that moment where they're all putting the duct tape and then the ensuing moment where they go out on the pitch and they all have it? No, I mean, I think this episode was truly set up for that. I don't think there's really anything competing with it. I do love the different pieces of what's going on 
So like Rebecca's whole thing with Nora and she's trying to pack her days with activities and she takes her to like little tea party place. And Roy, of course, is always the voice of reason. And he's like, kids don't need a bunch of stuff to do. They just want to feel like they're part of your life. And that's true. Like they just want to know that they can be there. You and I can feel what Rebecca was going through. And sometimes you feel like you always have to, you have to be giving your kid this constant flow of attention and entertainment and they always need to be doing things and Roy Roy can of course understands parenting and then like sometimes your kid would just love to join you going to your podiatrist appointment like yeah very very I mean it's it's really it's all we get from Roy we get that and then we get him calling Jamie a muppet on TV but <laughs> but uh we so we get a scaled down version of Roy this week but still still great Roy it's yeah, I feel in the aftermath of it, it's it's just become so much more than this, at least to me. And God knows I'm a fanatic about this show, so you can't take my word for anything. But it's so much more than just did you see that last episode? And I feel now like I, we're all just watching something great happen and we have to just be quiet because <laughs> it's too good just to call it out the way we have been doing like season one was just, it was to me, it was so easy to, to segment each of those episodes. Right. And to rehash them and talk about them. And I know we'll get there like this time next year, we'll be able to do that again. It's just being in the middle of it and knowing we have given these people our whole hearts and they can crush us if they want to. That's a scary thing. We're all having to be very vulnerable. Yeah. They've, they've got us. I mean, they, every they're, they're hitting every note again Every scene, every scene has such purpose. That's the thing. When when we were going into like when you and I talk, we're like, hey, we're gonna do these shorter mini sewed recaps, and we're we're not gonna list out every scene like we were doing in, in season one. We're just gonna pick one. Every scene has so much purpose and so much there's there's no wasted moments. And it's it's not and it's not like a short show. This isn't like entourage where every episode's 20 minutes and probably like seven of those minutes are really, really solid that you can write home about. This is <laughs> yeah. this is a 30 to 40 minute show and every single thing is is super nuanced and super, there's a lot of intent behind it, either um, tying up some plot points or setting things in motion that are gonna be address, addressed later or just being legitimately funny. Jamie's apology kills me when the guy talks about uh, you, you hit on my mom in front of my dad. And he, he says, like, apologize to your dad, but also give Janet my best. Which Janet is- my best. It's so good. Yeah, I'm just mad, I guess, at this point. I'm mad that they're able to do it consistently every week. But I just think it's a masterclass. It really is. And I love that, like, Bill Lawrence and I have been going back and forth a little on in really stupid ways because he's, like, very vocal. He'll talk to anybody who's tweeting at him. It's awesome. It's I know. really awesome. And I love how they like celebrate the individual writers of each episode, like that whole cast. I've never, which I'm not saying they're the only ones who do this because I'm not, I've not really like deep into entertainment Twitter, but it's interesting how the whole cast and the crew and the writers and everybody, they, they celebrate each other. Like, Oh, this week was the brilliant, this person or this person I'm like, Oh, you guys are a family. I mean, you kind of see that come through on the screen, though, because it seems like AFC Richmond is a supportive environment where everyone's picking each other up. Um, So I think we're both in agreement that the duct tape scene is is the best scene. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I could rewatch just those last like seven or eight minutes, probably. When, when Jamie says, we're a team, ain't we? We got to wear the same kit. Like, did, is Jamie Tart going to make me cry? What, what yes. the hell? Fucking Jamie Tart. Fucking wild. Get him on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Phil Dunster. Come talk. Phil Phil Dunster and, and Bill Lawrence. Let's talk. Let's take a quick ad break and then get back with uh, our funniest one-liner. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so funniest one-liner under the radar joke. Actually, I, I wrote down I wrote down a lot. I, I will say the thing... I, the thing I've seen the most on or the funniest thing I saw on social media and the thing that I just love is when um, Ted says, uh, talking about Chuck E. Cheese, you probably call it Charles Edgar Cheeserton the third. I loved it. It was so cheesy. Like he's doing a lot more dad humor this season. I feel like it, more than usual, but I loved it. Mine was and I kind of went over a lot of people's heads. I think not in a I don't mean that in like a snooty humor kind of way. I mean, if you weren't like 16 in the early 2000s. Um, the thing during the press conference where he says, make like Dunstan Union and bring it on. That's brilliant. That is so smart. And it was so quick. And when I brought it up to some people, they're like, oh, I thought that was just some British thing, like Dunstan Union. <laughs> I'm like, no, it was the greatest bring it on joke I've ever heard. I actually watched Bring It On for this podcast for the first time. So I watched it. It was it was early. It was an early episode of this podcast. I guess I was like 28. And I oh, wow. loved it. Bring It On still kind of kind of holds yeah. up. There's some there's problematic stuff, but it but I mean late 90s like whatever, like it's still still really good. Shout out yeah. to Ted Lasso for being a fan. I just want to know where these jokes start. Like you know, if they're thrown out there and somebody's like, this isn't appropriate for this episode, but let's kick it in the next one because it's not like episode specific, but it's just so good. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> um, the British girl dolls, the knockoff of the American girl. And when I love the, I know uh, what you're going to say, the shot that Rebecca takes at American exceptionalism must be their innate sense of triumph. However, misguided. <laughs> yes. And when, um, Phoebe says, Oh no, my dolls from the modern <laughs> collection, her parents got canceled. <laughs> so smart i don't know we're just repeating ourselves every week at this point but it's just, with different it's material so good it's so. it's just too good so what else worked about this one that that we haven't we talked about the the ted and sassy reunion uh we've talked about roy nailing parenting um <laughs> jamie still has his icon hat he hasn't he hasn't gotten rid of it i know 
I, that's the thing that, that I think I was trying to say earlier is like, he's still very much Jamie. He's still going to have to retrain himself, like how to, or just train himself in general, how to think about others first. But I think the potential's there. I think deep down in his heart, he knows he's got to be better. He just has tendencies that are bad. And then you have, so we have Dr. Fieldstone again. And I feel like some tension here, obviously. This has got to be building up to some big breakthrough, right? It's got to be with, just, with Ted, I'm yeah. sure. There's got there's to be something. And I mean, it's interesting that the character of Dr. Fieldstone, it hasn't, there. there's that trope in in pop culture with a, with a psychologist or something like that. It's like, you know, come, come sit in my chair. Like I'm going to fix you and that, that whole thing. Or like, you know, I'm trying to get through to them where Dr. Fieldstone is just kind of like waiting patiently. It's almost like Goodwill yeah. hunting where Robin Williams didn't force it on him. He was just, it was yeah. just very casual. Uh, I agree. And a doctor, Dr. Fieldstone is slow playing. She, cause she knows Ted's not ready to, to let down that, that wall that yeah. that Ted Wall. So th- there's definitely there's definitely something for that. Speaking of something Ted did this week we haven't talked. What did what did you think about Led Tasso? Oh god, we didn't even get to see what I mean. What a ridiculous thing. I don't know. It felt it, it was a great bit. Like it was just great comedy. It was great to see Jason Sudeikis being ridiculous. It felt a little out of place at first. But That's if they truly how I felt yeah, I but feel it, like Led Tasso. I feel like I could appreciate how funny it was and Sudeikis and stuff like that. But I don't think anyone would have taken Led Tasso seriously. And it no. out of place is the right way to do it. And I, I feel weird. I don't want to like, I don't want to bemoan the show for doing something that somehow might not have worked perfectly. And it was really funny. And it was a, like a fun bit of comedy, especially when Beard snaps him out. But it was, especially in this episode, a little more lampoonish than the show was than than the rest of the show. Yeah. I think too, the whole snapping him out of it, someone, a friend of mine was texting me about it. She referred to it much more seriously. Like when uh, I think she just said like when he dissociated or something, there was a word she used in particular that I would not have used for it because I was just thinking of it through a comedic lens. And then, but we're all so invested in his, psychiatric treatment now right and his psychology and everything else and so i feel like maybe i'm reading too much into it but she was actually saying like what if this is like a what if we're getting a big hint about da 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 and how quickly he can i don't know it was funny though it's great to see sudeikis just being funny but it was a little weird for me yeah i thought if he really wanted to to accomplish the thing that he was trying to do which the what dr fieldson said is make them you know think you're an asshole so they they don't hate jamie is more channel the guy he was when in in the hotel when he gets he's signing his divorce papers. Remember when poor sweet Nate opens the door and Ted's all pissed at him? Like that guy onto the soccer field might have might have uh, been a little more effective. But the the lead tassel yeah. bit itself was was very funny. Yeah, I liked it. It was a good laugh. I'm not gonna. Yeah be upset about some laughs yeah i that <laughs> show, show again the show at this point can do can do whatever it wants it's, whatever gonna, it it's just fine it's just i one okay one other thing i i, I don't want to forget this is uh, and this is something my wife pointed out when nora and nora spend the night at rebecca's 
Rebecca's face when Nora tells her that she's wanted to see what it's like to run a football club since Rebecca started doing it and the pride in Rebecca's face when she shuts the door and there's a callback that that's a callback remember when she was doing that photo shoot for the magazine and Ted was talking about why it's important that she does it and stuff like that like boom there you go awesome awesome moment I know and little girls are silly and mysterious and I gave up trying to understand them a long time ago. <laughs> but I'm not just quoting Ted Lasso for fun in my normal everyday life. Just such a such a wonderful show. What is the <laughs> best best Ted moment of this episode? Oh gosh. Hmm. It's not I, a Ted, it's not a Ted heavy episode. You get Led Tasso. Mine, I think mine is the either the sassy interaction or the press conference after. Which is a After, very, that's what I was going to yeah. say. When he passes it over to Sam mm-hmm. and he was just like, there's nothing I can say that would mean as much as it coming from Sam himself. And the fact that he shows him behind him 100% behind the team. Like, I think that's for me the best thing. I mean, this is, you're right. This hasn't really been a Ted heavy season, if we're being honest. Like, obviously it's still focused on him and the team, but there's a lot of him having to step back to let other characters be developed. And, and I'm not saying it's only about the show logistics. I think, we've seen a million times everything has purpose to it and they're they're doing it all for a reason. But yeah, I mean, I think his ability to step back in moments and let people um, shine when they need to or speak when they need to is is what his character is set up to do really well. So I liked that. I thought that was appropriate. Yeah, it's it's kind of the episode I did last week with um, with J.R. Hickey when we were talking about which character was winning because the, the show is doing a really good job of spreading the ball around, developing those characters. And that episode might be, if, if we had done the same concept after episode three, it might have been completely different because yeah. this episode, I mean, if you look at the, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award, I, I think it's Sam's episode. I think he with flying colors with an, uh, a hat tip to Jamie again, you know, <laughs> the putting the duct tape on, he gets us to root for him. That's incredible. The, the, the apology scene is, is phenomenal, but the, the work of Sam in this episode, it, it is, we haven't even talked about Sam with Nora remembering mm-hmm. Nora's name and just being wonderful and, and remembering that Rebecca and Nora watched frozen together. I mean, I know. Rebecca needs a young <laughs> man who looks and acts like Sam in her life. That's that's all I can say. Here's my thing. And it's not my theory. Somebody DM'd me about this or texted me about it. And I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, but I get a lot of DMs about Lasso. The fact that they're making this new dating app where you don't see the person at all. Or were you the person who did it? Did you it wasn't, me that wasn't me, but I'm picking up what you're putting down. See with what this. I'm saying? And it's the whole thing about like, she's on the apps. They're going to put footballers on the apps. I think Rebecca and Sam are going to end up. I'm not saying it's ethical. I'm just saying there's going to be a moment where something happens. That's all I'm saying. You, I am, I'm picking up what you're putting down. With that. I know that it's is, not mine. So whomever did that, I'm really sorry. I don't remember who it was, but again, like after these podcasts run or after the shows run, I am just inundated with people with fan theories and everything else. And they're so awesome. I just can't remember all of them because my brain does not work. Yeah, send us your fan <laughs> theories. We'll we'll yes. fire off we'll fire off some theories. Maybe pass yeah. them off as our own. Whatever. I lo- yeah, we might take credit for them. Um, <laughs> one su- one supporting character we got to see a little bit of that we hadn't yet was uh, was Shannon, the girl that in in season one Ted plays soccer with her, the, the oh, local yeah. girl. And to this past episode, she's got his coffee. She's asking when they're going to win a match. Um, at this point, I'm kind of asking when they're going to win a match. I was actually very heartbroken that they lost that game. 
but at least it wasn't a tie, which apparently is a good thing. <laughs> like, at least it's not a tie. I'm like, yeah, but apparently whatever. So. Yeah, apparently so. So next episode, I'm sure you've looked at the the summary or what. It's Christmas in Richmond. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with Christmas. And so, like, all Christmas shows. I love all the Hallmark movies. I was texting my friend Adam, like, right after we watched the last episode last week. I was like, next week's Christmas. It's going to be great. It's going to be perfect. Sorry. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if my emotions are ready for to do Christmas <laughs> with Ted Lasso. <laughs> the world is not ready. But I feel like he's going to be bummed because my guess is he can't go home mm-hmm. to see his son. And remember, we saw in the trailer where Rebecca had the high Ted in the snow. Do you remember that yes, little scene? Yes. So I I don't want to like I never like to just theorize about what the episode's gonna be, but I think uh, I think we're gonna see something. Because those are the only two single adults on the show. When I say adults, I mean not the players. Yeah. Uh, anyone they don't besides go. the players, but them. Um, it sounds like Nate, I I feel like Nate has family that's close. Sure. Uh, but Ted and Rebecca are both divorced. Um, Keely and Roy have each other. I believe in the trailer there was a moment that you analyzed heavily of Roy yes. and Keely by a Christmas tree. Yeah, I don't think he would propose to her this early in the season because I kept looking for a ring because it looked like such a post-engagement kiss, but I think they're just hot people and that's how hot people kiss at Christmas. Yeah, hot hot people just, <laughs> just go for it. Do you have any any predictions for that? I actually have a wish. What's I would like wish? to see a beard happy, heavy episode because we haven't... Beard has been on the sidelines for most of the show's run he is there you know we learned him and jane are doing digital intimacy now he's he's there for the to be ted's steady guy and for the you know he's got all the funny lines uh he's yeah. there to be a be a sex haver i would like to see an episode where beard gets to share the ball a little bit more i agree i'm hoping we get like a, a beard heavy one like maybe they're just trying to keep him in the dark because that's kind of his whole thing but People are people would watch an entire spinoff about him. Oh, for without sure. Without reluctance. And so I think they need to deliver on that. But I think they will. They're good at that. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest question I think for next episode is where does the Dubai Air plot go? And yep. and this this protest go? Because as we've seen in the real world with pro athletes protesting injustice or anything like that, the athletes themselves catch a lot of disgusting grief so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how much the show lets nastiness in in you know into it because that's not really the show's mo so next episode uh if you're listening to this the day it drops is going to be uh is going to be tomorrow or i guess tonight i guess we're you know if you again if you live in god's time zone you're getting these episodes at 11 p.m central which is great um we I'm, love it i'm very very excited uh i think the the first three episodes of the season. I also I've received great news. When I was doing last week's episode, I kept I said something along the lines of, you know, we're twenty percent in. Let's talk about uh, you know, how many, you know, who's winning the season. And I had a listener chime in and say, No, there's twelve episodes. You're not we're yep. not twenty percent. We get a twelve episode season. That is fantastic news. Yes. And I thought I had said that on like the first episode or something. You but probably did, but I'm it, thrilled. No, I mean, I probably said it in passing to another person. I'm telling you, my brain does not process things normally. And so all my ta- my um Ted Lasso conversations just run together. But yes, I'm very excited about that. And it's very smart and I'm glad they're doing it. Same. Same. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Alex, where can the people follow you and check out your work at For the Win? 
Uh, you can follow me at Alex McDaniel on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow for the win at for the win or on our website, ftw.usatoday.com. And me and Alex will be back next week talking episode four of season two of Ted Lasso. That'll come at you next Thursday. Big Screen Sports Christmas. will be back on Monday talking the longest yard, the Adam Sandler version, as selected by the the patrons of the Big Screen Sports Patreon. That'll again have my buddy J.R. Hickey on it. Looking forward to that one. If you enjoyed this show, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. If you would like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash bigscreensports. If you are a baseball fan, check out From Phenom to the Farm. That's brought to you by Baseball America. Comes at you every other Tuesday. And thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.